Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is already going The Super Bowl is right around the corner. If you're looking to place a bet on any of the sports going on, betonline.ag is the best and only place to lock it in. From game spreads, totals, to teams, players, and coaches' props, BetOnline gives you the most wagering opportunity and any place to play online. There's also an online casino that never closes. Join, log in to betonline.ag, sign up now. From Channel Side Drive, where Lord Stanley Cup rests. Time kicks down the Lightning with the Stanley Cup. Travel across the bridge to St. Pete to find our American League champs. And the Tampa Bay Rays have just won the American League pennant. And get ready to fire the cannon. Lob pass toward the end zone. Gronkowski makes the catch. Touchdown Tampa Bay. What a great grab by Gronk. Because it's time for another episode of Play the Bay. Play the Bay. Welcome back to Play the Bay, brought to you by Believe Podcast Network and Three Daughters Brewing. Yeah. Yes. yeah. All right, just to let you know, Evan gave me that four <laughs> seconds before hitting the live button, so that'll be cleaned up hold next on, week. Hold on, hold on. Let's, let's, let's pump the brakes. It wasn't four seconds. It was like a minute or two. So let's It's know. like the live button was like counting down. He's like, by the way, do this, this, and this. I was like... Uh, we get used to it, but yeah, we we'll still do, let's still let's do what we have to do. Let's That'll not exa- exaggerate too much. <laughs> We're not going to. Hey, NFC champs. Hey, I'm excited, man. Fire the cannons. I got to tell you, Evan, you and I watching that game and Kaylee, I got to be honest. I don't know if I can sit right next to L. Bushman the next time <laughs> because, like, we all know he's got a good voice and everything. We don't hear him really yell here, but when he actually yells, I was it's loud. Yeah. It's really, really loud. Yeah. yeah. I, lo- I lost my voice uh, Sunday night and then going Did to you? Monday. Yeah, I just finally got it back today. It was it was, it was bad. Like, everybody thought I, I had COVID. They're like, I know. They're like, why can't you talk? I'm like, I was, at, I was watching the game. I don't have COVID. Like, leave I me feel alone. Fair. I feel like, do you lose your voice with COVID? I feel like the day after the NFC Championship, that should be the assumption if you don't have a voice. Yeah. It was, it was pretty bad. Like, it was really raspy. I it could hardly, like talk it was it was yeah it was pretty bad because it it was pretty loud because i mean we were we i drank a lot of coronas that night too so that didn't yeah at all that's yeah we had a lot of fun but i gotta tell you we did meet and kaylee you saw some of the social media on the ig page and and some of that met some great green bay packer fans Mm -hmm. uh that did talk to us um wendy and a, a couple other folks there and uh it was really good to have packer fans that you know would just be calm Almost the opposite of Evan, uh, that were calm and didn't go all over the place and like scream. And uh, but we had an opportunity to meet them, and they actually one of the couples there has a a, a rental house, and it's literally two hundred yards from Lambeau Field. Wow! I mean, it's on the same road, I think, just across the street. 
he he so, gave he gave you the uh the address the uh, posting right to where you can yes. go to right yes. so forever up in Lambo, did, so yeah big yeah. shout out to the i mean that's the well that's what you need like are you guys thinking about because you know what i considered we have i have my office and i have we have another office in our house and i was considering posting airbnb spaces for the super bowl because you should you know, why not Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people, uh, I know they allowed, I think it's 25,000. Now, most of those are going to be healthcare workers and, um, you know, family members of teams, et cetera. Um, but yeah, people are going to be looking for a place to stay. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm sure you guys are very excited. If you didn't see my tweet today, I kind of got a glimpse into your lives because I did have a dream that the Jaguars won the Super Bowl. (laughs) And it was like the greatest day of my life. And I had to get up early to go to the gym. And my first thought, I like didn't even realize it was a dream. And my first thought was, let me put on all my Jags gear because we just won the freaking Super Bowl. And then I like really woke up and I was like, what am I talking about? (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) <laughs> so some intuition some forward thinking maybe yeah it's, it's crazy to think it's been a long time it's been 18 years since it, we've the bucks have been you know in the super bowl and mm-hmm. i the, ra- the last time that happened i was a freshman in college which was many many moons ago so I it was oh god wow, that's not, <laughs> i'm not Jim, even gonna I, nope. I'm, <laughs> I get to plead the fifth on my age then because i'm out so okay there you go but it was great. Like we went to Rafferty's, me and Chip, and uh, it was a good old time, man. It was it was a very, especially going into the the fourth quarter, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But it was just yeah. a good time, man. It was just it was the energy was there. Like and Chip said this before, like the Packers fans that we sat next to are probably the nicest people in the world and have the same uh, same views of, as we do as how Eagles fans are the most terrible fans. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> people as well. so it was refreshing to know that as well. So yeah, they were. Yeah really nice and they took the loss very well they were very gracious i was actually a, a very uh nice winner i went up and shook hands and said you know great game and they were very they were very happy about that so it was a good time i, I and just watching the whole game whole game as a whole and, and seeing a lot of the bucks fans out there was a good time so yeah i can't wait to be back for the super bowl man it's gonna be yeah rafferty's kaylee was jam-packed top and I bottom levels and then, i mean out all over the place so it was a rocking crowd carl got us um Great seats right in front of the TV downstairs outside, which was great. So big shout out to him. Thank you, Carl, for taking good care of us. And we'll uh, get a chance to repay him again for the Super Bowl show. Yeah, for sure. We'll jump into the Super Bowl a little later, but let's recap this NFC championship game. We can start with the offense. Um, You know, the offense has been not as prolific as the defense have been over the past couple weeks, but you know, let's talk starting with the run game. Obviously, they struggled to get going. Um, you know, Fournette had that one big play, had that little juke, that nice spin move. But, um, you know, other than that, Ronald Jones saw 16 yards. What's the deal with the run game? Are you expecting this to change over the next two weeks strategy-wise? Is Leonard Fournette going to stay RB1? Well, give me your thoughts on the run game. I don't know. It was slow. It was slow to get going, but they kind of hung with it, which I I mean, I like that. Um, it's something that I think health now that they get this week off and Rojo maybe gets some additional rest. I hope that everything uh, gets out and, and does well. I mean, he saw some carries and I mean, he was effective ish. Um, you can definitely tell throwing out of the backfield to Leonard Fournette is something that's kind of left to be desired. 
uh, in the couple of plays we saw, and, and Tom was rushed a little bit. Um, but, you know, it's something that hopefully he can come back because he is that, you know, he is that guy out of the backfield that can make uh, catches and, and, and go the distance. So I hope he gets healthier as this time off and, uh, you know, we're back to a full, full stable of backs. I think the Bucks are in a real good position because now they have two backs, not just one. They've got yeah. two backs that can carry the rock quite well. And and Leonard Fournette's really really done that pretty well the past, you know, four or five weeks setting in for, for Ronald Jones because now we're in the we're we're in the Super Bowl. We're in the Super Bowl. And and honestly, with without having that number two back like him to fill in for Rojo, I don't think they'd be in the same position as they are now honestly because it's been a real big part especially against Washington especially against the Saints and and now against the Packers too I think with without having them having a strong run game it, it would really affect how the outcome would be and honestly it's a good problem to have because now Arians and, and Byron Leftwich can look at this as okay we could split carries we could go 50 yeah. 50 we could we could wait till we could wait till see if Rojo is now 100% because of the hamstring problem. We can maybe start with him or start with Fournette. So, you know, looking at this from the outside in, I I love the fact that now we've got the two big guys in the backfield, and you know, Fournette is you, you got can't hate on hate on him anymore. No, can't do no, it. No, he had a great game. Yeah, he had yeah. a great game. Um, so the spin move was just he had a fine low. game. I mean, he had, he had 40 something yards and he had a couple good plays. Like, he had one big play and a touchdown. And other than that, didn't really move the ball the rest of the game. Can he had, a better, game. He had a better you, game last week. Can you say the spin move was delightful? It was surprising. <laughs> here's what was delightful about it. And here's what my favorite part of this entire, maybe even game was is that you can see how unaccustomed he is to breaking tackles and extending a play because. When he spun out and saw that he was free to go, the confusion on his face, he did a little stutter step. It, it almost like he lagged. It was kind of like a lag and like, oh, oh, crap, I got to go. And it, it was delightful to see him surprise even himself. He, uh, his 5G quit working for a hot second. But that, uh, that was running in the offensive line in Jacksonville. You know, you never saw a hole that big. So he just kind of went, holy crap. I think so. the offense. I think the offense going forward, especially going into this Super Bowl, you got you'll get Antonio Brown back. Yeah, which is you know good. Even though a lot of people were a lot of people on Twitter were like, "Oh, we're gonna miss Antonio Brown. He hasn't really uh, done much." And, and give me some yeah. Scott. Yeah, like give me some Scotty Miller any day. And Scotty we Miller. Talked, yeah, dude, we talked about that. Give me more Scooter. Yeah, give me Scooter. Like, you can you can have Antonio. He was brought in to be the depth guy. Like, give me Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller had a great game against the Packers, and that that touchdown before the half was that Raffrey's exploded when that happened. And Chip, you were kind of like, "Why? What are they doing? Why are they going for it on on fourth and three? I'm, and I'm like, "Hey, man, it it no risk it, no biscuit." And they yeah. did, and they, and then that brought them up, you know, before the half, which was great. And a nice little buffer going into the draft too, because now you got the Packers getting the ball in the second half and everything. So with, with Antonio Brown back, it's good. It's another good addition that, that Brady has to throw to, and it's another weapon that he can utilize against the Chiefs. I think it's, you know, the, the time off that they're getting, they're going to get guys back to full strength, especially not only on the offensive side, but also the defensive side too. They're going to get guys back. So this is this is a good time where now going in the Super Bowl against the, the champs, the defending champs, you're getting guys 100% back to, back to form going into the Super Bowl, man. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and Scotty Miller's obviously impressive. He's the guy we talk about pretty much every week. Who else on the offense impressed you the most? Because I mean, as far as receivers, 
and finding the end zone and really making impact plays in this game, there's a lot of names to mention here. So who's a guy that stands out to each of you the most from this offense? I, I would say Chris Godwin now. And I say that because he had a case of the drop season the past couple of games, especially against the saints. He had one against the Packers, but he, he was catching. He made up after, that. He, yeah, yeah. He made up for, <laughs> after that. It was like, I'm not dropping another ball again. And that's, that's what really stuck out the most, the most was, you know, they may have, he may have made a mistake, but then he came back and made big plays with it. So Chris Godwin came up good. Tyler Johnson came up good too. So mm-hmm. it's, it's guys that, you know, we hear a little bit about, but they've they've actually really caught fire and sprung up in the past couple of games. So guys like that is is what stuck out to me the most. I mean, I think that somebody that stuck out. I mean, we've talked about Fournette. He's been really huge, and he's going into a contract year. So I think everything he's done has been good. I mean, Cameron Brait had a touchdown uh, second half and found him. So that was his first, I think, uh, uh, in his career in the postseason. So that was good for him. But. I just think that the offense as a whole and, and what we've been talking about, it's always kind of a – it's not next man up mentality, but Brady really mixes it up and allows guys all over the field to really make things happen. So um, to pick one, I mean, if I had to pick one player, I could – or I would say the offensive line is really the MVP of everything because you take, you've taken away some pieces and they're still as effective as they were. Um, you know, it seems like these past couple of weeks going through the playoffs. So offensive line would be my one player unit that I would probably say. Yeah. yeah. Especially, especially with the guys like they lost like, you know, Alex Kappa and Ali, mm-hmm. you know, guys yeah. like that. But, you know, the offensive line did amazing. I think they got the Brady one time. One time. Yeah. I mean, come on. But yeah. the anchor, Ryan Jensen. God love yeah. him. Yeah. I love his uh, new commercial, you know. Yeah. <laughs> sleep apnea commercial really me. i'm pretty happy with it john uh, we got a question from the comments john's asking did you guys that doesn't really make any sense did the guy did you guys the buccaneers nearly blowing the lead after the 28 to 10 lead oh oh he redid his question there we go oh did, did he? you guys think the bucks were going to blow a 28 to 10 lead i mean um i think no. in the moment did i think it did it ever creep into my head yes it did a little bit because Tom Brady, those three intercept, well, two were just ducks. One was a tipped ball. So, I mean, you kind of wonder, and this was, I was going to save it, uh, and I might be stealing some thunder here, but that those plays that he made, that's not how, you know, those should be made. Those should not be Hail Mary throws chucked up into no man's land like that. And he knows better than that. I think he'll clean that up. But. Chip, you know he, you know Brady had some money on the game. He's like, look, I got to throw yeah. a couple of ducks up here. I got to make this interesting for, for the betters in Vegas. I got to, I got to make, you know, come on, you know Brady's like, I'm gonna make this he, interesting. Let's he gets a piggy bank from Giselle. Yeah, he gets half of it to the rest, and he gives yeah. the other half to Vegas. It's like, and honey, this is my money. allowance. This is my allowance for the week. <laughs> I didn't want to let anybody down in Vegas, so I had to throw three picks. And I want to say to all the dum dums out there that uh, about the whole Jameis Winston thing, uh, and Tom Brady throwing three picks, and people saying, "Oh, Jameis Winston!" Like, enough. It's it's over with that. Jameis is no longer on this team. Stop bringing up Jameis with the Bucks. It's done. I, I remember I read I read something on Twitter. Oh, do you think Tom Brady winning with his team is actually Jameis's team? No, 
No. no. Stop. Did really ask? Really? Somebody actually put tweeted that out on Twitter. Like, oh, this is this is actually Jameis's team. No, it's not. The roster is also so different. And when you yeah. look at how they've structured this team, how they're playing this offense, it's not even close to the same scheme, close to the same roster. I mean, there's still guys that are there, but this is a whole different team. It's it's just like the the, the Sopranos. It, it's over. Get a new show. Okay. Yeah. Just let's move on from this. Yeah, it's um, yeah, and you know, someone in our comments brought up Mike Evans, and I think that's a good transition there. Talking about those three interceptions, two yeah. of them coming on Mike Evans, obviously having a better game in general than he really saw against the Saints. Obviously, put up fifty-one yards, a touchdown, but you know, we're seeing two of those interceptions come on Mike Evans, and I guess kind of what are your opinions on that? Is that is that speaking more to just the pressure up front, Tom Brady's ball throwing, or is it Evans kind of having a little bit of route running issue? Talking about a little bit of the yips a little bit. Like, well, a problem with Mike Evans is he doesn't turn his head. He doesn't look back when, when yeah. he's on a route. So that's that kind of hinders him when he's looking for a pass. One of them was a, a tad bit high from Brady, which tipped off his hand. So I'll, I'll yeah. give him on that one. But other than that, I with with Evans is he when he comes to the route running it just seems like you know it's like turn your head bro it's coming it's not it's not like Jameis get the Jameis stuff out you know that's what you have to worry about with Jameis not with Tom Brady he's gonna put it there you, you got to turn your head it's gonna be there and catch it okay so with Evans going Evans has got to really show out for the Super Bowl you can't be doing those type of stupid stupid mistakes playing against the Chiefs you cannot do that at all yeah. um and 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 Mike is is the primary target for 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 Brady I mean they, you know it is so. But this also looks at it as if he's going to be double teamed or if there's somebody's going to be shadowing him, it opens up the other guys for opportunities to get passes for Brady too as well. I mean, we saw this with, with with Godwin early in the playoffs. He had a couple drops. You know, it's it's all part of look, the, the this Bucks team has not been in this position in a long, long time. These guys have never been in this this position before. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of nerves when it comes yeah. to these big type games. So Am I am I worried going forward with Mike? No, nah, because he's going to catch balls. He's going to catch touchdowns. Especially he's going to have a good game. It's I agree with John here too. Evans is a big target, dude. He's yeah. a guy that's you know really really big. So I think that there you go. Um, I think that Brady knows that a jump ball or something that's higher up, he's probably I don't know. He's got to be at least. I think the biggest corner for Green Bay was Alexander, and he was probably five eleven or six. He had a and great game Evans, though. John yeah, he did. Alexander had yeah, a great he did. game. Yeah, and Evans is what six five or six yeah. six, so big dude. Yeah, yeah, there's a big advantage there height wise. So I think Brady feels like he can force one up in the air, and Evans can go get it. But see, that's the thing with Brady though is he shouldn't have to do that though. He shouldn't have to force it. He doesn't need to do that. He doesn't need well, to force it. The reason it why he when had to throw that is because he was getting hit and dragged down. I know that, but when he's forcing it in there, he's making mistakes and throwing picks. So he well, can't he can't do that going forward. He can't oh, be, I agree. He can't be trying to oh, thread the needle when the when the when the hole's not there to thread. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Let's let's flip the switch. Talk about the defense a little bit. As much as we can hype up the offense, we can probably hype up the defense ten times more. Um, another week of them really putting the offense in a position to win, in a position to have good field position, and really take control of the game. Yep. Um, you know, you had a lot of players making plays both up front and in the secondary. What stood out to you the most about this defensive performance, and and who's a guy that that's kind of high on your list after the NFC Championship? Devin White is Robo Buccaneer, dude. He is everywhere. Give him a freaking show. He is the guy. 
I mean, he can drop back into cut. Every scout in America needs to go back, look what they saw on his combine, on everything that he did, and you need to go out and get yourself a Devin White robo tackler, dude. He's a manimal. That Sign me playing, up for that guy. That dude is is playing on a, a whole different level, man. That's, yes. He's like a, a Ray Lewis 2.0. Yes, like, without the murder stuff, but um, yeah, I, it, you sure you don't want to have him keep nah, murdering? Nah, no, sure? I don't. You know, and it was good to see Shaq Barrett like destroy yeah. Aaron Rodgers there, and then JPP coming out like that's that's the the front seven I want to see, man, and that was great. Like you know, I made the comment to Ravi's like you know JPP with his one hamburger helper hand, man. Oh. He's just, just just I know. <laughs> I love him so much. I mean, uh-huh. US, USF Bull, man, all the way. Let's go Bulls. But, like, yeah, I don't know, love that. But, yeah. Well, man, well, you have your reasons because of that. But, anyway, that's right. um, but just seeing that those guys come alive, man, and just, just manhandle, you know, Aaron Rodgers was, was that's what you want to see. And then we want to see that against Patrick Mahomes. I want to see Patrick Mahomes get another concussion. I want to see him down on the ground. Okay. Oh, wow. That's, that's aggressive. That I know. Well, cool. hey, it's, it's the Super Bowl, man. I don't care. Evan's Dude. views of wishing injuries on other players do not reflect the views. Of oh, play the back. It's like a little disclaimer. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. All right. So we got to say Murphy Bunning, first yes. player yes. to record an interception yeah. in three consecutive postseason games since Cam Chancellor. Yeah. Insane. Freaking go ahead, boy. Do you, boo boo. Can we, can we uh, bring out the most negative part of that defense? Was is Carlton Davis, who uh, should maybe he? You know, he yeah, had a couple yeah. Thank of, you, Kaylee. Thank you. Yeah, you yeah, know, he you. had a couple times he got caught peeking in, but you know, this is going to be a you know, it's a it's a process. A young I'm, guy. He's a young guy. Don't give me that young guy crap. Come on. Well, no. Listen. Now we're going back to the scene of the crime. Tyreek Hill. The Bucks played man to man with Davis on Hill. The first half of that game, and he got Smoked. freaking torched inferno style. So now they're going to shift to zone, and hopefully all our safeties come back, which that was another huge, huge loss as well, losing, yeah. you know, Winfield and also um, Whitehead yep. uh, as well. So those I, uh, are key losses that we hopefully get back. I'm so glad that I can control my anger because every time Carlton Davis got beat i wanted to throw something at a, t- at a television and i'm glad i can control my anger because i probably would have had to, to probably good. i probably would have had to uh buy carl like two tvs because of my anger because of carlton davis and his lack of covering people it just makes well, me mad. yeah it's gonna I mean, happen i think yeah, i think they also want to win those battles as well yeah so, carlton you're, you're all right you're but, all right carlton <laughs> let's believe you buddy. Let's talk. Let's before we jump into the Super Bowl matchup a little bit. Evan, do you want to give us your IPA of the day? Yes, the IPA of the day, which I put on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, was the double hooked double IPA from Three Daughters Brewing, a proud sponsor of this fine uh, show. Uh, what I'm drinking tonight is not the IPA of the day, but it will be featured soon. Is the Florida oh, a Florida Orange IPA? If you all can see that right there, that sounds Very- so good. It is very tasty. It's a very refreshing beer, almost uh, like a stronger version of a shock top or a blue moon. So uh, I'm sure you can't wait to try it as well. So that is your IPA of the day. Not only is the double hooked double IPA of the day, but it's also the Florida orange 
uh, the uh, IPA from Three Daughter Brewing. Love yeah. that. I uh, I also drank a Beach Blondale. It's gone now. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I, mean, I poured these at the beginning of the show. I guess I need to bring two. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I have that same issue. And I didn't bring the can, so but trust me, um, <laughs> it is there. And if you're not following us on Instagram, it's at PlayTheBayTV, so you can see all of Evan's IPAs of the days. I'm getting the hang of the whole Instagram thing. I, this is like the first yeah. time I've been on Instagram for more than a week, and I'm c- trying to get a hang of it. I'm, I'm yeah, I actually really like that video. I thought that was fantastic. I did, I did that all on my phone. I know. It our phone's phone. amazing. I, it's, it is kind of crazy because you have an Android, so I don't know how you did that all on your phone, but the rest of us, we're all living in iPhone land. Yeah. So Good for you. So <laughs> yeah. No, I, I just pulled up the, the video, recorded video on my phone, and then just edited it. Even put the music in on my phone. I was like, whoa, I, why haven't I discovered this before? So I yeah. love this journey for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the Super Bowl matchup. Before we jump into what we're going to see in a couple of weeks, let's talk about what we saw back in week 12, I think. Oh, God. So, yeah, the first time these teams met this season, we won't spend a lot of time on this because I think as we figured out from the entire playoff picture, these games don't necessarily mean really anything um, coming into the playoffs. Every week really is a one game season or a one week season. And for the Super Bowl, it's even more so, but, but let's talk about what is going to look different this time around. The first time around the chiefs won this game, 27, 24, um, obviously felt like a bigger deficit than it ended up being on the scoreboard. A lot of the Buccaneers points coming in the fourth quarter, garbage time, if you will. But, you know, let's talk about why this game is going to be different for the Buccaneers than it was in week 12. I think you identify you identified obviously what you did wrong in that game, and it's going to have to be, you know, a, a learning experience. And hopefully, that was kind of the um, the time where we were really talking about the Bucks going into the bye week and having to get themselves together as a team. I mean, that was really when they had to rally around. So you figured they probably watched that film and figured out what the issue was and what the problem was, and hopefully they've fixed it. A lot of it was the one-on-one with Davis and Hill, and, um, you know, you can't – you're going to have to – you're going to have to lock him down and kind of, uh, you know, have have help over the top, obviously, because he's a he's fairly fast. You're not nicknamed the cheetah if you run like a refrigerator with legs. So, I mean, you, you get out there and you do it. So, um, I think they'll make changes there, and I just think this is a different team emotionally – uh, and also just a competent bunch now. I think that that time in the season, uh, everything was still a little shaky and they didn't really believe uh, in, in the, you know, the, everything they had going on. So I just think this is a different team. Hopefully it'll be a different uh, outcome. Yeah, I agree with you, Chip. And I think uh, adjustments, adjustments, adjustments is the biggest thing too. And uh, our good friend of the show, Jason Ponchez, said is, is double Kelsey and Hill, let someone else beat you. And, and that was the big thing with the last game was, you know, that, that's the Chiefs' primary scorers is right there is, is Tyreek and, and Travis Kelsey. And Travis Kelsey had a field day with the Bucks, and so did Tyreek. So it's going into this game is you, you really got to – don't play this cover cover two crap in the defense. Don't don't be doing that because you're going to get beat every time. And I think going into this game, it's get after Patrick Mahomes. And I think they're going to be able to do that. I mean, this front seven is now solidified. Everybody's back. Via is back. Get just getting to Mahomes now. Don't let Mahomes get out of the pocket because he's gonna he's gonna flick it. I mean, he's almost like Philip Rivers and and Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. He he can flick the ball 50, 60 yards and make a play out of it. And that's the biggest thing that they've got to watch out for is if you're going to be rushing him, if you're going to be bringing in the rush, you, you got to make sure you know 
he's not going to get out of the pocket. He'll, he'll murder you. So I think that's one of the biggest things, too, is going into this game is is getting after Patrick Mahomes and shaking that guy and putting him down the, on, on the grass and getting him a concussion so he's out of the game and bringing in uh, no. you know, Chad Henning again. So No, no. I, what? What? No, we don't want what? anyone to get hurt. Don't say that. Not, also, like, not like bad, just out of the game. Well, also, they, like you're going to get a concussion. I've had plenty of yeah. those. Back well, also, I think Eric Fisher being out, and we found that out, is going to play a huge part Uh you know, and I think the Bucks defensive line definitely needs that pressure. Vita Vey stepped up, obviously. Welcome back. And he had a great game yep. uh, moving the pocket up the middle. So um, we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, definitely pressure and keeping Mahomes in the pocket was something that, that is good. Uh, John, no, you cannot have uh, Shaq back. The Broncos lost out on that, and he is ours now. So, no, you cannot not have that. You cannot have him back. You can have – Drew Locke, you can have your guys' team and still figure oh. out what your quarterback is. So, sorry, John. No, you can't have Shaq back. Sorry about that. So, speaking of the big game, with a new year comes tons of new big games in sports. And with big yes, games, you need big stakes. Yes. Kansas City Stakes oh. has the cut you crave to celebrate the playoffs and the Super Bowl. Uh, visit KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day and save up to $25 on combos. Perfect for game day. Plus, get free shipping on code believe B L E A V checkout. That's go to KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day. Perfect cuts, dude. Love that. Get yourself some beef, beef tips, sirloins. Like John even loves that they add. God love them. <laughs> Nothing like football. I didn't know we were tracking carnival, I, didn't, I didn't know we were tracking Broncos fans to the show. Very, 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 strange. Uh, very strange. I mean, I'm not mad about it. No. You know. We gotta we gotta expand our, our fan base, so that's cool. We Broncos, do, yeah. We welcome you. We welcome you. It's all good. You know, you always have a home here. That's right. <laughs> your, home, your home on your on your team is not not so good at the moment. But you know, let's let's talk about this game a little more. You know, so the Buccaneers scored 14 of their points off of really turnovers, right? So you're really relying on this defense, like we mentioned earlier, to put the offense in a position to win. We also talked about Bruce Arians and this whole offensive scheme is really kind of risk it, get the big plays and less about really efficiently moving the ball and extending drives and things like that. And when your defense is, you know, getting all these interceptions, putting you in positions to score, that's great. Do you think that game plan will work as efficiently against the chiefs? Because like we talked about, Patrick Mahomes getting out of the pocket's a little more dangerous than quarterbacks that they've faced thus far. Obviously, he can make some plays that aren't, um, you know, aren't really stoppable at some extent. And then not only that, but he can handle pressure a little bit better than your average NFL quarterback. So are they going to have to go for a more conservative, efficient strategy on offense to get this game done? I mean, it's a Super Bowl. I mean, no, no, no risk it, no biscuit. I mean, if you're too conservative, that that could bite you in the ass in the long run. I would say, I would say, go all out, man. Throw the kitchen sink at them. I mean, we saw a I, lot of third I, down conversions last game that were oh, huge yeah. uh, in the stretch run, and I think that's going to be a really important down, uh, obviously for any team in the Super Bowl. But the Bucks did really great on third down conversions this past week against the Packers, and that'll be key. They had um, what? They had five, three, three and longs. They had like three and nine and and third, yeah. third and nine and like third and twelve, and they were getting first. And that's what really impressed me the most. The, the first quarter. I mean, that was you're controlling the clock. 
like yeah. the first quarter with that way. And if they can do that against the Chiefs, they're going to have a, a a good time offensive wise because you're you're just tiring that uh, that defense out. We, Chip, you and I talked about that at Rafferty's. Is you know the it just it was control the clock in the first half was the Bucks offense, and that's what they needed to do. Now, obviously, the Packers flipped that script in the third quarter when the Packers just controlled it. Yeah, I think the defense was on the field for eight, nine minutes that quarter, which was just unbelievable. Right. And and but yeah, I think the big thing was converting on the third downs. That was huge. And yeah. you don't you don't normally see the Bucks do that. And especially wow. in a big game like that, for it, especially on the third and longs, that that set the tone the rest of the way with the box Bucks offense was if we can convert on third and longs, we're gonna be fine. We're gonna be we're gonna do good on this. So that, that was yeah. that that impressed me the most because we've seen earlier in the season, even going into the playoffs where the Bucks have had third and short and third and long and they don't convert on it. So that's that it really impressed me was when they were converting on those third downs against the Packers. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Where what are some areas uh, there's a lot of matchups to look at in this game and we can really dive into the matchups deeper next week leading up to the Super Bowl, but right off the top, where are some areas that the Buccaneers can have really the upper hand against the Chiefs? And what are some areas where the Buccaneers really need to step up in the next two weeks where the Chiefs might be a little stronger? Chip, I'll let you take that one. You, <laughs> thank you, sir. Uh, I think where, you know, the Bucs were stronger as a team, I almost think with defensively, I think we're stronger, even though Kansas City has done a good job uh, with some playmakers and being able to make plays, they've gotten better. Um, defensively, I think we're we're stronger, especially along the line. Um, I think where Tampa is going to be uh, a little bit weaker is probably explosive plays. We don't have somebody that runs a fourth, you know, whatever he runs now. Got a four three or. Uh, you know, whatever he does. But we saw Hardman run a 4-3-3 or a 4-3-2 or whatever it was at the Combine two years ago. So they just have some flat-out burners that really just run by people. Um, you know, Miller, you know, Scooter can run. A.B. can run. He's obviously older. Uh, you know, and Mike Evans and Godwin rely on their size. So, um, you know, I think that just the ability to, to have a – you know, somebody run by you on offense. I think they have that, uh, which, you know, we don't have a guy that runs 4-3. So. I, I would think comparable. We've got a better front seven, but our our, our corners compared to theirs are way behind. I mean, you know, they got, you've got Tyron Matthew there. You've got guys like Ward that can cover guys. That I'm really interested to see who's going to be covering Mike Evans on the game on, on the Super Bowl. That's what I really want to see. But I think it's it's almost flipped, like, Bucks have a better front seven. Front seven, their their secondary is weak, and then with with the Chiefs, I mean their their front seven's you know pretty good, but not as good as the Bucks. But then their corners are really good, so that's I think where the where the risk it no biscuit plays may may you may not see a lot because you know there could be opportunities for mistakes, and we've seen that when Brady's trying to force it down the pipe when he's throwing a deep ball, and then there's an interception right there. I mean, Kaylee, if you had the if you had to match these two up, if it matched you know, these two teams up when it comes to their comparable defenses, you know, who's got the upper hand. Yeah. I think I, I, I do think the bucks have the upper hand given the fact that, you know, their corners have been, they're weak in some areas, but they're really kind of on a, on a streak right now. The whole team's really hot right now. So I think this secondary, if they can hold up the way they've held up in the past couple weeks, 
I wouldn't be as concerned. Obviously, you know, the Chiefs just have those guys that are just impact players in the secondary that, you know, can make plays all the time. And that's really important. But we have young guys making plays in Tampa Bay. So it's kind of like, I think the front seven is really going to control the narrative. I think it's another game. And I, all of these games in the playoffs really kind of come down to the trenches. And I think that's definitely going to come up. The Chiefs being without some of their starting offensive tackles is really important. That's obviously going to be a huge opportunity for the Buccaneers to come in heavy on that pressure up front and hopefully force Patrick Mahomes to really, you know, get out of his comfort zone. Not that, I mean, it's, it's hard to find a part of the field that's not his comfort zone, but um, you know, I think they can get the pressure up front. And I think with those impact players on that offensive line for the chiefs, not being there, I think uh, that's a real opportunity for the bucks. So I was going to say, is there, is there a a comfort zone, a non Zone that Patrick Mahomes does not have. I mean, he, he just seems yeah. so comfortable in that pocket. It's it's scary. Yeah, it's well, you look back to the Raiders game, right? And yeah. I think that's kind of where you're getting most of your I, I think every team has looked back to that game and said, where did they go right? And how and even you know, that game against the Chargers, yeah. where he looks pretty uncomfortable as well. You kind of look back and say, you know, they're not invincible, and that's kind of been a storyline all season, but then again, they've won most of their games. So it's kind of like you can say that until you're blue in the face, but they're also putting up wins. So at the same time, it's, you know, it is trying to figure out what does make him uncomfortable, but there's, there's a way. Um, obviously I'm not paid millions of dollars to figure it out, but, but someone is. So hopefully they do. Yeah. We wish we were. Yeah. I mean, Hey, put me in. <laughs> i wouldn't mind for sure but uh but yeah we'll uh make sure you tune in next week we'll go kind of deeper into these matchups deeper into this into this game in the super bowl but uh we talked last week about brady kind of solidifying his goat status if this team one makes the super bowl and two wins the super bowl and i guess i want to get your opinion first on what this legacy looks like after this year if he makes the super bowl and they fall to the chiefs and if they make the Super Bowl and win in Tampa Bay, what changes? What what is one more win and a Super Bowl title change about his legacy? If he loses his legacy, I think no matter what is still intact because where he's taken this team to the Super Bowl. I mean, I think putting that as on your legacy itself is saying, look, I didn't like the naysayers that said, oh, he needs Belichick. You know, he's a system quarterback. That that talk can be all pushed aside because we yeah. now it's proven that he didn't need Belichick all along. Belichick needed Brady. Yeah. So even if like God forbid the Bucks lose against the Chiefs, does this tarnish it? No, I don't think it tarnishes it at all because you know he took a team that was seven and nine last year, came in and there. I mean, obviously there was a lot of doubts for with him. I mean, a lot of people think he couldn't throw the deep ball anymore. A lot of people thought. He wouldn't do well in a new system with a new coach, but he's proven everybody wrong by taking his team. And they're making history, too. This is the first time the home team is actually playing in the Super Bowl. I mean, the stars are aligned for, for this to, to happen. And, and who better to do it would be Tom Brady. So, you know, if they if they win, I don't. Th- th- I said this last week, you know, the conversation has been over about who the GOAT is. Yeah, the conversation's over. There's no more conversation. You can say yeah. whatever you want about the guys coming up. You can say, oh, Patrick Mahomes is, is going to be the GOAT. He's got to win more than one, okay? He's got to win more than one to be even in that con- – he's got to win more than two to be in that conversation about him trying to be the greatest of all time, and he's still got a left to prove. Like, Brady's it for football. That That's it. There's no more. that He's the mountaintop. So I, I think with him 
if he wins his seventh Super Bowl title, I mean, he obviously he could say, I'm done. I could I could ride off in the sunset after that. But obviously we know Brady's probably not going to do that, win or lose. He's going to come back, and if he wins, he's going to go for number eight. If he loses, he's going to come back, you know, for, for number seven. So the legacy is is not going to be tarnished either, like tarnished if he loses or not. It's it's there. It's never going to be – there's no going to be black check marks on it at all. I think it's that's, – That's an interesting point, and that was kind of my next question is – like we, t- we said that he didn't – this isn't random, right? This isn't like whatever team was going to take him. This was very clearly thought out process. What Mm -hmm. city does he want to be in? What team has potential? Where can he mold a roster around him to put together a Super Bowl winning team, right? Like this was a very deliberate plan. Tampa Bay was thought out. Um, It's not, it's not a Cinderella story. It very much is designed to be this way. With that said, designed to be this way, you can assume that Brady's goal was to a prove that he didn't need Belichick, prove that he can go to a new team, bring them to a Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl, and build basically a dream team. And this is really like an NBA clinic on building a dream team, but for the NFL. And you know, and he's doing all of those things. Now, if that's accomplished, Chip, is he coming back? Evan, Evan thinks he's coming back. Do you think that he has incentive to come back next year and risk? ending his career on a on a worse note i gotta tell you that's the one thing that athletes never very few get a chance to pick and go out on the top of the mountain you know winning a super bowl you know peyton manning getting ready you know making that transition winning in denver and you know very few get the opportunity to do that i think it'll be serious consideration um, you know, they, they signed him to come here and to do a job and he picked Tampa because this is what he wanted to do. He wanted to play in a host city and he wanted to win in a host city. And I think that, you know, right now, I don't, no one's, I can't even move my brain past that kind of, because he's got a lot ahead of him, <laughs> but I think that, I think he's he, he's got a contract for two years. He knows that you can't hold this roster together forever. You might get it maybe one more year. Um, offensively, because you've got some pieces that are coming up and you're going to have to pay some folks. So if he wins, I think he's definitely going to consider riding out. But you also have Gronkowski who said he'll play again. He's going to have a year under his belt with the coach, with the system. So I think, and you you see it, he's still having fun. But, I mean, I think we're all kidding ourselves. If you think Tom Brady's not going to win this Super Bowl, you are just not thinking straight. This has been premeditated since, like, probably two years ago. He was already thinking about this and, like, lining this up and, like, laying the groundwork. So, I mean, I just don't think – he is going to put himself in a chance to lose this game. He will get every ounce out of every player on that roster for the entire game, and I think it's going to be enough. Yeah. You, you know what he should, he should do is recite the the speech that Al Pacino did in any given Sunday. <laughs> you know, I can't do it for you. It's that guy next to you that's going to give an extra inch. You know that that one speech. It's yeah. the entrance speech. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they, I uh, I would love that actually. 
<laughs> it sounds a lot more like um like 50-year-old white mom if he didn't, but but yeah. Something like that. Even his uh, avocado ice cream while he's doing it too. He's like, all right, listen, guys. Yeah. Listen. He's got his water in a box and his avocado <laughs> ice cream, like a poke bowl. And he's like, guys, we have to win this for each other. Like that's how like I he's not giving he's not giving an any given Sunday speech. But I do agree. No. I think um I assume, and you know, I'm not there in the front office, but I, I would assume that two years is what they estimated time yeah. frame needing to pull out one Super Bowl, right? Like, I, I don't think, think so. the thought was, you know, let's go back to back Super Bowls, let's get it in the first year. I think they thought more, let's let's build an offense, build a team, and then settle in for year two and win a Super Bowl. So, you know, at this point, and you know, if I. I also believe they're going to win because I think if they got this far, the storyline I think is going to win it for them alone. Um, so I think at this point, like they're going to win this game, but if we're all smart, like we should just shut up and let it happen because I think yeah. if there's any possible chance that he retires and we have to stop looking at his face or we get to stop looking at his face. Like this would be, I mean, just do it. Just, do, you know, how sometimes like you just let a team score just so you can get the ball back and like beat up the <laughs> long eight minute drive like, <laughs> up all the clock that's tom brady it's like it's like just let him get it like let him get it let him retire like let's be done with it I, hey i'm telling let's you get it over with. if he retires there's a guy up in green bay that's his future is kind of in doubt right now i mean and i said this months and months ago you could bring down aaron Rodgers. Tampa Bay is becoming the hospice of NFL careers. <laughs> well, it's already God's waiting room for everybody else, so why not make yeah. it? Football? I'm just saying, if he if he if he wins his his number seven, the lucky number seven, and goes, you know what? I think I'm done. I've I've done all I could. I've done. I've accomplished everything else. While he's texting Aaron Rodgers at the same time, is like, hey, we, they need a fill in for me. Uh, why don't you come down here and uh, have a good time with with the team that I put together? Yep. It can happen. I'm it just could. saying, it could happen. Anything could happen. Well, Anything could happen. You heard I it think, here first. Yeah, I'm telling you what, though, this year, and I'm I'm upset that we're not going to have the combine and we're not going to be able to go, but there are so many quarterback moves and things that are going to happen Yeah. Uh, in the next, like Matt Stafford will probably be at, at or before the Super Bowl uh, because he has a bonus payment or something coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks, I think, or something's in his contract where it starts to go on before the end of the season. So Matt Stafford will be somewhere. So guys, and obviously I know we're a little off script because we're, we're getting ready to wind the show down, but where do you think? I said, and I still feel like the Colts' best home, but I've heard Patriots. I've heard a lot of other places where he could fit in. I even heard the 49ers as well. Um so what do you guys think as far as just him maybe obviously getting traded? Because he is still under contract. So um, where do you think he'd go? I think the Colts is like the obvious place. And I think if they don't get him, they, I mean, that's a huge miss, right? Because they are a team that one piece, like one right piece of that puzzle, and they're pretty much unbeatable, right? Like they're a team yeah. that has a lot of good pieces in place, a really good foundation, they're really disciplined. They know who they are, and they just need like that one, that one thing. So I'd like to see them go there. I don't want to play them if he goes <laughs> there, but you know. I mean, they went eleven and five with with Uncle Phil. I mean, yeah, 
Old Man Rivers. Old Man Rivers. I mean, you get Stafford there with a, a, a nice offensive line that they have. I mean, he, and a he, bigger arm, too. Yeah, he can oh, hit those guys way downfield. The, the Patriots is also in an intriguing situation because they've got yeah. a ton of cap where you can lure people. If you let's just say, hey, we signed Stafford, we take, we take, we trade Stafford over to, to New England. Garoppolo. Yeah. Yeah. Now they've got. Pats have got plenty of, of space to say, hey, we're going to throw you this money, come play with Matthew Stafford and Bill Belichick. I mean, that's also a, an intriguing situation, too. I mean, it, and you've got quarterbacks like Deshaun Watson who has said, no matter who you have as a coach, I am, I want to be out of here. So yeah. I love I love the offseason off for NFL because people are moving around. It's, it's, it's yep. even sometimes the offseason for the NFL is even better than actual, the actual res, regular season. 100%. And not only that, but like this draft has a ton of quarterbacks. Like we've gone through those years that really have been basically quarterback droughts in the draft. Like there will be one or two solid guys and the rest are just kind of terrible or second, third round. But, you know, there's a ton of quarterbacks in this draft. There's a ton of talent right in that top 10. So we're going to see like a lot of these quarterbacks moving around. And I think when you have someone like Ryan Tannehill, who was able to kind of be like a recycled cardboard box and go and be like, I don't know, become some like new station wagon or something up in Tennessee. <laughs> like he is a perfect example of what you can do with a quarterback that kind of seems mediocre or near the end of their career. And with all these young guys coming in, it's going to be interesting to see where these like mid-level vets go and who kind of pops off. And I think Matthew Stafford, somebody that everyone knows has great potential, but then you could look at even like Carson Wentz. I think he's trash. I think most of the league thinks he's trash, but with the right yeah. coach and the right system, I don't know. Maybe he sees the Super Bowl. Who knows? I love that analogy, by the way, Kaylee. That was great. I couldn't think of one thing <laughs> that cardboard boxes get recycled into. So Dude. it was tough. New station wagon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how recycling works. I just do it. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, let's let's hit one fun Super Bowl prop thing before we get out of here. And that's the halftime show. Um, I feel like we're going to disagree on the necessity of the Super Bowl halftime show. I don't know why. I just have a feeling we're going to disagree or one of us is going to disagree. So Super Bowl halftime, necessary or not? Well, I mean, it's COVID. So, I mean, we're not – I mean, if it's, you know it, – is it necessary? Even if it's a normal world when we're doing this, I would say, heck no. I would say, no, we don't need it. Get it out of here. You know, it's just an example. It's just a time where really famous people who are already really famous get to go in really famous crowds and do their talent. And then it keeps players on the field way too freaking or off the field way too long. So, no. I, I despise the Super Bowl halftime show. I yeah. I cannot. Is all of them? Yes, all of them. I need certain actually. Well, even I, even the even the Prince one. Well, no, the Prince one when it was raining and he was playing Purple Rain. Yeah, that was epic. Other yeah. than that, every one of them has to go. It, it it's just now because it's just become lip syncing and just just really dumb musical acts that nobody's really heard of and have no place at a football game. Cause Hey, when I think of football, I think of Coldplay. <laughs> or when I think of football, I think of Michael Jackson. Yeah. Like, like wow. give me, give me Metallica, man. Give me, give me your old ass ACDC playing the halftime show. Like give me something like that. Then I'll give me, tune the, bud, give me the bud bowl or give yeah. me make games. Do that. Give me the puppy the bowl. Puppy bowl. Puppy bowl. Yeah. Do something like that. 
even even when it was around, give me the lingerie football league. There you go. Wow, that's fine. Even give me that. But no, I I despise the Super Bowl halftime show. Like I think in my dis- my anger towards it reached a peak in the mid two thousands when MTV took it over and it just made it just was a big pile of puke that just yeah. they put that they just made everybody watch. I I turn it off during halftime. I don't watch it. I, I I turn it off. I don't care. Give me my fifteen minutes of of my brain back and then I turn the game back on. So uh, I don't I don't care, Dimitri. You know. Michael Jackson, his performance, he stood there for 20 minutes in silence. He's a problematic human being as well. We won't yes. Yeah. yeah, we won't get into that in this show. That's another show. <laughs> yeah. I, don't care. I don't care if I lost Dimitri at Michael Jackson. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, to me, no. Prince was pretty much the only one. I know, Kayla, you're probably going to disagree with me and Chip. So. I, I, I agree, and I also disagree at the same time. I, I agree in the sense that I don't need um, – like I do like production value. I do respect it and appreciate it and it's cool to watch, but I don't need so much. Like I don't need all the pausing and like, I don't need the delay, right? Like if it was just like, I get it. It takes time to like move everything around, get the stage set up all of yeah. that. Like if it was just the performer plays two to three songs and then it's done, move on. I'm good. There's a lot of like in between things that go on where it's kind of like, we're not there, right? We're not in the yeah. crowd. You don't need to play to us because we're at home. Just play the songs kind of thing. Um, yeah. And I do think that they pick, often pick the wrong people because <laughs> while I understand where you're coming from on old bands, I think the NFL, what they need to do, which is kind of what they started to do with the Nickelodeon thing is really appeal to younger people. So often they have these bands that are like, I don't, maybe they were from my time, but I don't want to listen to them. Like Coldplay, I'd rather stab myself with an ice pick than listen to anything Coldplay. So like, I don't want to watch that. Beyonce, I was eyes locked the whole time, but I think they're kind of moving in that direction now where you have The Weeknd, who is pretty much overwhelmingly respected by my generation, the younger generation, which is really who you have to sell on the NFL. Like you have the old white guys, like you got them, they're watching yep. it. We're locked in. I'm even in, dude. That are like, we're not going to watch the NFL this year. They're still watching it. Yeah. So you have them. So like, I think they need to gear it a little more toward a younger demographic and make it a little more culturally relevant for a younger demographic to then transition in this new era of friends, like our fans. I think the college football playoff did it really well. Uh, the championship when they had like Kendrick Lamar. Super cool, very non-college football-y, but it kind of made it feel like, I don't know, like there's still tradition in it, but it's something that's culturally relevant and it makes it feel like it's transcending between generations. In you know a way just, just, just give me an old marching band like they used to do back in the 60s when the Super Bowl first started. Just give me a marching band. That's all you need to do. I would, <laughs> I would, I would boycott. That's, <laughs> that's, that's where you would lose me. NFL. Yeah. Give me a drum line and some horns. I'll be okay. That's where you, that's where you would lose me. But, but yeah, I also think it's good. Like I'm the Super Bowl. You typically have an event around it, you know, like you have a party or people over or something's going on, maybe not in COVID, but like, usually you have people over, you're doing something. It is a nice chance, like an extended halftime to be able to do whatever you need to do and get settled in for the second half. Cause I feel like sometimes they go a little too quick. True. True. I agree with that. I agree with that. It's enough time to play a nice game of of beer pong, flip cup. You know, get your get re up with some food and some drinks. 
So yeah, I can see that, but no, they're not necessary anymore. Just yeah, and as Jason says, we need more cowbell. So that that's what always always more cowbell. I didn't Never go to Mississippi State, but I'm sure I'm sure <laughs> they agree. I got a fever. All right. And he, speaking of cowbell, before we get out, um, so Mississippi State played in the Tax Slayer Bowl in Jacksonville a couple years back or a few years back, and you could hear the cowbells. 15 miles away from the stadium. So, well, impact. if you've ever gone to a Rays game, uh, they have been, notorious, have been notorious for having cowbells, cowbells. In, yeah. in the, in the stadium. So when you're, if you go there, it's, it, it pisses a lot of uh, opposing fans and players off when they do the cowbell, which is great. So yeah. I, love, I love that. Yeah. Not like it a echoes drop in the press box, which right. is fantastic. It like not echoes like, throughout the whole box. Not like the drop of the ball like the Marlins organization had when they did the Vuvuzelas a few years ago because of the World Cup. That was the biggest PR mistake they could have done. So, you know, which, which is the Marlins. Uh, one, so. Fair. I forget the Marlins exist sometimes, but <laughs> sorry. Um, they do. All right. <laughs> Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Yes, no one elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, no we're getting into the PED era of players and then crazy-ass Kurt Schilling, too, as well. So first time – I think it was the first time nobody's been elected, I think, right? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I, don't know. I don't know. Kurt Schilling got 71% of the votes, and then it was uh, in the 40s for the rest of the people. So very, very uh, shocking this year. Nobody got uh, elected. Very true. Weird. Chip, you got anything? Nope. I'm good. Excited, and I'm trying not to sneeze right now. But we just keep dragging out the show. You guys are doing great. <laughs> just mute and sneeze. Yeah, just mute and sneeze, right. man. I'm trying, trying not to sneeze, but we're doing great dragging this out. All right, don't sneeze. Um, all I have to say is, obviously, a year ago today, we lost Kobe Bryant and Gigi Bryant, yeah, seven other people. So, uh, just thoughts, thoughts that way to their families, and yeah. um. Yeah, but thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure to tune in next week. We'll go deeper into this matchup and more on the Super Bowl. Um, we will have two shows next week, Tuesday and Thursday. So make sure to tune in for both of those at 8 p.m. Follow us mm-hmm. on Twitter at uh, Play the Bay TV, Facebook at Play the Bay 2020, and Instagram Play the Bay TV as well. Apple, Spotify, rate, review, subscribe. Is there anything else I can say to prolong this torture for Chip? You guys are good. <laughs> Make sure to watch us on YouTube, Twitch, uh, uh-huh. uh, you know, Periscope for however long it's going to be on the air and tour and Periscope. So, yeah, just make sure. Yeah, I'm leaving the studio. <laughs> see you guys later. We'll see, we'll see you next week. Bye. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to Play the Bay. We'll be back again with another episode on the Believe Podcasting Network. If interested in advertising, please contact Believe.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.